and welcome to Celtic Down Under. This is a Spotlight Series podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and today I'm joined by Mark from the Seoul Celtic Supporters Club in, Korea, in South Korea. How are you, Mark? I'm doing well, Jared. I'm doing well. How's it going over there? Yeah, pretty good. It's, uh, it's a bit strange without any football, but at least we've got the local league over here with um, the A-League. I'm, think, I'm not sure if you guys have got the K-League going over there or they had a season, but yeah, it's a bit weird without... Without the Celtic games, I don't tell you that. Yeah, it's been a strange one here. Like we started the Asian Champions League. In fact, actually, I think uh, Melbourne came over and played uh, FC Seoul. And then the coronavirus kind of took control of Korea. So basically, all the games were cancelled. So we played, I think some teams played one game in, in the ACL. Some played two games. But yeah, there's been no live football here for about four weeks. Yeah, that's my local team from over here, the uh, Melbourne Victory, who was over for the ACL. So, yeah, my season ticket holder for them. So, yeah, it's uh, funny that. But, yeah. It's, um, so, yeah, good, um, thought we'd do one of these spotlight podcasts where we get to know a bit about your CSC and just about the lay of the land on the football over in um, Korea. So, do you want to tell us a bit about your CSC, when it was founded and by who? Yeah, sure. So basically, the CSC in one form or another, I guess, uh, has been around since about 2005. Uh, it was actually founded by a, a, a Korean, at the time a Korean kid. Uh, his name is uh, Tom Tom Sungman Lee. Um, Tom actually lived in, in Australia for, I think, three or four years recently. He, he just came back to Korea. He's been in your, the Huddle Down Under and stuff. I think he's... You know, like Melbourne CSC and Sydney CSC nights out and stuff. Um, the name was so, familiar when I saw it there. So basically, Tommy, he, he was a university student, and the, the, the kind of story goes that he, he was looking for a team outside of Korea to support, and uh, Celtic kind of aligned with his political viewpoints, let's say. Um, so he went on football forums, and this is kind of the best part of the story, actually. Uh, he he realised that he couldn't actually really understand like what was being said like by all these Glaswegians and so on, like on these football forums. So he basically taught himself Scottish using YouTube videos of chewing the fat in Burnston, um, <laughs> which which will come up later on. Like if you ask me about my most memorable game, uh, I'll kind of give it that about that accent. Yeah. Um, so that was roughly around 2005. I think it was about the same time as like Jackie McNamara's final game or something. Like that. Yeah. And uh, so he basically created a Facebook page. Uh, and so on to kind of try and promote Celtic to Koreans. Uh, when we was doing that, there was actually a guy who was teaching in Korea at the time. He's now in Shanghai, a guy called Connor Sean McGinley. Uh, he contacted Tom and they met up. And I guess that was the first kind of formal uh, CSC meeting, which was about 2007, I think. Um, then after that, there was a couple of, like another couple of people came and went. They, they kind of, and slowly... It kind of grew into like a group of maybe four or five, six of them. And then I, I came along and joined uh, in 2011 to just, I said my first game watching the CSC was the Samaras uh, Rangers game. So uh, that was the first game that I met Tom in the first game that I kind of watched with the CSC. And since then, we've just kind of tried to kind of grow it. But it's kind of tough in the environment in Korea because people come for a year and then leave, yeah? Yeah. What is that? Is it just because uh, of visas, or is it something, or jobs, or why would that be, that they're there for yeah. a year or so? The, the majority of foreigners in Korea, like, um, 
are English teachers, and most of them come to Seoul. They spend one year. They kind of they then be travelling. They, they come for one year in Korea, one year in Japan, a year in Thailand, and then back home. So we get them. They come for a year. They become like maybe a couple of games or so, you know, and then they just move on. Like the ones who kind of stay are the ones like myself who who sort of get married to a local, um, and then we end up finding ourselves stuck here. But um, for the most part, because like the most recent uh, member, I guess, was my niece uh, who was here for one year teaching. Um, she's now in Vietnam teaching, so she. Came for, to Korea for a year, Vietnam for a year, so go to Thailand and so on, yeah? So yeah. a lot of our members don't really stay more than maybe one, maybe two seasons at most. There you go. I would never would have thought that was the reason for it. So, yeah, that's, uh, there you go. that's something I've learned today. That's the, that'll do me. So where, whereabouts do you meet up for games? So currently uh, we are meeting in a pub called The Wolfhound, which is in Itaewon. So 81 is like the main foreign area. It's got all the kind of the sort of Western style pubs, um, the kind of Western style restaurants, the hamburger restaurants, and a lot of Americans go there and stuff. Uh, so there's an Irish pub there called the Roofhound. That's where currently that's where we meet. Um, I mean, when kickoffs actually allow us to meet, um, we're, we are in the process of looking for somewhere else. Um, kind of like that pub is kind of changed over the last two or three years. Um, and there's kind of less emphasis on live sports and more emphasis on kind of music. Uh, so because of that, we're finding it more difficult to get the commentary turned on, for example, in games and stuff. So right now, I guess, probably we'll, we'll see, if the season restarts, I guess, we'll see the season out in that pub and then next season we'll move somewhere else. Yeah, it sounds like... The- that happens quite a bit because, yeah, I know with my local CSC, we've moved a few times in the last, say, five years. So, um, yeah, similar issues. So it's a recurring theme. But, yeah, good luck finding yourselves a new pub. And, yeah, I hope yeah. you can find that ASAP. I mean, I think like, the Wolfhound is our third official pub now. Um, it's been our home for the last, yeah, as I said, maybe the last three years. Um, but... Yeah, like I think it's definitely time to look somewhere else. I think. So, how regularly are games shown at the CSC? You know, at the Wolfhound. I mean, to be honest, it, not really that regularly anymore. Um, if I think back to 2012, 2013, I, I don't know. I feel there was a lot more. Maybe, maybe it's just because my life has changed a little bit. But I feel there's a lot more. Uh, practical kickoffs, maybe like a lot more Saturdays or something. I, I don't really know, but in recent seasons, um, I just feel that, that most of our kickoffs fall at like 11 o'clock in Korean time, you know, like 11 o'clock at midnight on a Sunday. And yeah, it's really tough to get enough guys together, you know, that everyone's up. If you're, especially if you have a teaching job, you're, you're generally up at like, you know, six o'clock in the morning to get ready for to go and teach, you know, so. It's, it's, we haven't really been, the last season and a half, last maybe two seasons, has been getting less and less uh, kind of regular meetings. We still meet up, you know, when we can, but it's definitely not as frequent as it used to be. Yeah, it's the same down here with the time zones as well. So it's, um, I think the Sunday game issues, because we're not in the Champions League, because we're in the Europa League, you play Thursday, so they've got to give you till Sunday game. So when yeah. we're in the Champions League and uh, playing under the Rat Rogers, well, it was a lot more Saturday games. Yeah. 
I mean, that's another thing as well. Like we get like, quite often, like the people will, will, will send you know like his messages on Facebook or, or on the Twitter page, you know, saying like, "We're gonna watch." You know the, the 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 Champions League game or the Europa League game, and we're like at four o'clock in the morning, mate. Nowhere, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no pub going to be open at four o'clock in the morning. Not not in a Thursday morning or, a, or you know or a Friday morning. So there's no chance. Yep. So with the CSC, how do you become a member, and how many current members does the CSC have? Well, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, because of the the kind of you know how how kind of long some of our our, our members stay, we don't really. I mean, in terms of becoming a member, uh, you become a member just by coming to the games. Basically, um, you join the Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and that effectively, you know, if you can come to a game, then then fantastic. We don't have any membership fees, just purely because you know. Just no one would pay them. Basically, I mean, if you're only going to stay one year, you know, by the time that you find us, it's maybe like you know three, four months through your contract anyway. Um, so we don't have any fees. So basically, yeah, we're welcome to anyone, uh, well, anyone of a self persuasion who wants to uh, come and watch a game. Uh, you come watch a game with us, and yeah, you're effectively you become a member. That's good to hear because that was one of my further down the list questions of out of town members from other CSCs or any other Celtic fans welcome to come to games. That- in at the Wolfhound and watch games with you boys. So, yeah, you've just uh, nailed that one for us. So that's good. Everyone's welcome. And if, say, you want to bring a friend along to the CSC, current member or someone living over there, no issues as long as they're of a Celtic persuasion. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I mean, as I said, like the most recent you know, member, so to speak, was my niece. Like, she ended up bringing pretty much most of the friends that she made in Korea. Um, they they just came along to games, you know, like it was guys who, who you know, the guys who knew nothing at all about football, you know, like a couple of guys, that, you, know, the, you know, like American guys that didn't even know what was going on and stuff. So, yeah, like the, you, you can bring friends, you can bring anyone at all that you want. I mean, the more the merrier, to be perfectly honest, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, all we ask is really that anyone who comes just kind of follows the a normal behaviour that, that you would expect anyone to follow in a pub, to be honest. I mean, it's like, you know, as long as, you know, like, kind of, yeah, I mean, as long as you behave yourself, there's no there's no problem. So that ties into my next question, which is how is the CSC received in the local community in Seoul? And do you have many local-born members or is it a predominantly expat fan base that you get in there? Um... I think that that's a pretty interesting question. Um, when when Ki Sung Yong and when Chad Dori were were playing, um, and when Tom was first here, that before he went to Australia, we had not not a lot, but we definitely had a few Korean uh, members who would come. Um, there was a few guys who would who kind of adopt these Celtic as their, their for whatever a better word as their, as their British team. You know, like instead of following you know the EPL, they, they followed Celtic. I mean, Key was a massive, massive name here. I mean, right. So the fact their games at that point in time, when he was playing with Celtic, the uh, like Celtic games were on like, their version of like council telly. Like I mean, they were on normal TV. Like every the cup final that he played in, I think it was against Motherwell. Like that was actually shown live on like their version of you know like kind of your 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 main TV channel. 
So he was massive. So because of that, a lot of people knew the name Celtic. Um, there was actually a, a famous, well, famous in Korea, uh, an advertisement for, I think, I can't remember, I think it was a subway pass, like a, a kind of subway travel card. Uh, and it was four four girls from a, a K-pop uh, a girl group, and, the, and they were all wearing green and white hoops like, in the uh, in the advertisements because it was just they were huge back then. Since Keys left and since Chaz left, the Koreans, apart from Tom, there's very very few local members now. Uh, Tom is probably like the only kind of Korean member. Um, everyone else is yeah is a, is is an expat either living here or, or traveling through. Um, in terms of how we're received, uh, generally quite well. Like when we start singing, you know, like the the Koreans tend to get their phones out and photograph it or video is it. They'll kind of clap along. Like when we used to be based in, in a pub called Scrooge, um, that like we it was a larger pub and we could like we had like, the full control of the pub. Um, so that so that was pretty cool. You got a lot of people who could come in to kind of see us and take photographs and stuff. Um, like every time that we win, we, we do a huddle outside the the pub in the main street. Um, again, when that happens, that like people join in. They like a lot of young kids will, will kind of jump in the middle of it and jump up and down, not really knowing what's happening. So, I think the the long answer to your question uh, is it's pretty well received. I don't think we have we don't have any real problems from from the locals. Yeah, speaking about Key and uh, Chadaru and when we had them playing for us, I've always thought that. Korea is a, um, or South Korea in particular, sorry, I keep referring to it in general, but I always thought South Korea would be a good market for us, for our scouts to get into because a lot of our players there, technically proficient, um, quality players, it's just a matter of can they adjust to the lifestyle and the cold basically, but yeah, like I always thought that'd be a good spot for us to go recruit some more players, so fingers crossed that happens again in the future and it ramps back up again for years. Yeah, I mean, I've been really surprised. Um, I mean, they, a lot of Korean uh, footballers' dreams they, uh, is to leave the K-League like, as soon as possible. Um, and a lot of them want to go and play in, in uh, Europe. And the, the popular path right now seems to be going to, like, uh, the kind of uh, Bundesliga or French League, the kind of B-League uh, teams, you know, like the kind of second division, yeah. and I'm really surprised that Celtic don't try and tap into the pool here a lot more. Um, I mean, Key was successful, Chad did a job, uh, but I mean, Key definitely came to Celtic, you know, ended up, you know, moving to England, and I'm really surprised that we don't try and do that a lot more here. They, they fit the business model too, like yeah. it's the the cost to, for transfer fees and wages aren't excessive. It's I mean, if you're going to go spend £2 million on a player from Israel, like Soro, like we did in the last window, who we haven't even seen yet, well, why can't we go and spend £1 million, £1.5 million and get uh, under-21 international from Korea or even £3 million over there? Who knows? You'll, it's the luck of the draw. If you're going to do that, you may as well have a look in different markets like Korea, Australia, even some of the South American countries like Chile and Paraguay and that sort of stuff. Like, There's some good players out there. Yeah, I mean, especially here, the players who do leave, like the K League, they're the ones who move. As I said, you know, like recent years, you've got like uh, Wang Yi Joe and Kwon Tang Hoon have been like two of the kind of ones that have moved recently. Um, then they're not going for a lot of money, they're going for like 
couple of, I mean, not, not even a couple of million to be perfectly honest. Um, and I don't really see, uh, yeah, it just it's really surprising that Celtic don't have a scout, uh, you know, like kind of watching, watching the K League because it, it's not it's not a good league. It's not it's not great, but there are definitely some 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 technically gifted players in here who could who could bring something to Celtic. I think definitely. And you look at it as well and go, well, it also gives you a foothold in the Asian market in terms of the eastern area where you got players from. If you get Japanese guys, look at what Nakamura did for the fan base. You look at what Key did for the fan base. If you were to get players from out out in Asia, get them over there, it's going to open up more commercial revenue. It's also going to open up more pathways for future players wanting to go, hey, he's doing that. I could do that too. Let's have a look at that and speak to their agents and push that pathway. So to me, I think it's an underdeveloped area for scouting, but fingers crossed we get some more signings. Yeah, definitely. There was like a like a couple of years ago, there was a there was a, a big promotion. Uh, it was like a couple of weeks before a game, and they were calling it the Korean Derby. And everyone here thought, you know, the, the K League fans here were thinking that they were talking about two of the teams in the K League. And it turned out it was like like Son Young Min versus like uh, Lee Chong Yong or something. Do you know what I mean? It was like two Korean players playing against each other in the EPL. And, and that was being called the Korean Derby, and it was like on TV constantly. Um, so, even in terms of that revenue, in terms of like kind of pushing the name, it is something that we should definitely look at a lot more. Definitely. All right. So what we'll do is we'll just jump on to a couple of other things. So does the CSC have any merchandise or any run any raffles or promotions, fundraisers during the year at any games that you host? Um, the only thing that we have is is we have uh, polo shirts. We've been looking at, at getting badges actually this season. Uh, so we we did like a run of uh, CSC polo shirts. Um, like maybe oh, it was a couple of seasons ago. Um, so yeah, that's about the only thing that, that we do that in terms of in terms of merchandise. You know, like we have obviously like our Soul CSC crest, uh, and we, we do sell polo shirts. But that's about the only thing that we do right now. Yeah, I've, heard, I've been looking around and like pins are going absolutely off at the moment. Like everyone's, that's the thing all over Twitter. Everyone's buying up. So you got guys like Hoity, and then you got all the different CSCs doing pins and badges yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm like, never thought that for myself would be something that's as big as it is. So yeah, that's if you if you do them, I think you'd do a nice little turn on them as well, a little fundraiser for your CSC. I mean, I remember that my brother when I used to. That when I was back in Scotland, I'm talking about when I was like in my teens, that he would always buy a badge for his scarf, you know. And he was like, I remember the time thing that was really kind of really old-fashioned back then. But suddenly, I think, yeah, as you said, I mean, Hoidy seems to have turned this around with like the badges and and all the pins and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, definitely, it's something that I think that we have to have a look into. Off the back of that, do you support any local charities or any local football clubs at all? Are you linked to anything like that? We don't actually know. Um, again, something else that, that me and Tom, in, in particular, have talked about, you know, it's kind of maybe try to get, you know, something to do with one of the local, like sort of five or side teams or one of the, the local teams here. But yeah, that's in 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 Korea, like, it's not really the like, kind of linking yourself with those sort of charities is not that easy to be honest. And I think they that they're not particularly. Uh, a lot of times they're not particularly open to like you know what is Celtic or what is the CSC that kind of thing yeah 
So it's maybe yeah. something that, that now that Tom's back in Korea permanently, it's maybe something that we can have a look into going forward. But yeah, currently we, we don't have any like affiliations. All right. Have you had ever had any former players or any famous fans at your CSC for a game? I've treated Chadri every year for the last four years, trying to get him to come along, but he hasn't come along yet. But I'm still, I'm still, I'm still determined I'm going to get him. Actually, this year, Ki Sung Young almost came back to the K League, so me and Tom were pretty happy about about the idea of of getting him to come to a, uh, come to a game. But unfortunately, that hasn't happened either. Um, but there's also a, a Montenegrin player. His name is Dehan. Uh, he's like a Montenegrin internationalist, and he recently he was like maybe last year he was asked in a Q and A like, if, "Is there one team in the world who you want to play for before you retire?" And he said Celtic. So I'm pretty confident that before he finishes up in in Korea, that we'll get him along to a CSC game. Oh, nice. That's that'd be great. All right, now for the fun questions. You want fun? You got some fun questions for you now. Do you have any stories from within your CSC that you want to share with us? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, so. Kind of like the reason why I sort of joined in particular, that um, as I said, I mean, like Tom and Connor and a few other guys that kind of started. I didn't really know about that that they had. You know, like a CSE. Like at that point in time, it was called the Korea CSE instead of the Seoul CSE. Um, but basically, I remember when when Nakamura uh, scored the free kick against Kilmarnock that won as the title. I think I can't remember the year that was. I'm going to say it was like 2009, 2010. Um, I, I, I watched it in what was called a, a PC bang, which is kind of like an internet uh, cafe. But in in Korea, there are these massive things that are just full, there's maybe like a hundred PCs and it's all just kids playing StarCraft and there was this uh, six foot two Scotsman who had smuggled in a couple of beers uh, watching watching Celtic kind of leaping up when Nakamura scored the free kick so that was the last game I watched in a PC bang because after that I realised I had to find somewhere to watch it and that's when I stumbled across, that I stumbled across Tom so it's maybe not a funny story about the CSC, but it is about how, how I finally realised that watching it in an internet cafe with a bunch of 15-year-olds was not really what I wanted anymore. Not the same so you wanted, that, yeah. I had to find someone, yeah? Yeah. All right, and what's the most memorable match that you've had that the CSC has hosted and why? Um, so I would say there's two. Um, they, there's two that when you send me that question, that I, I kind of... There was two games that instantly um, came to mind. Um, one was the, as I said earlier, that one was the Samaras uh, Rangers game at, at, at Ibrox, which I'll kind of talk about in a second. And the other one was the, uh, I think it was 2013, the, the Scottish Cup final against Hibs. Um, that one's not for football reasons, but the Samaras one is for football reasons. Um, so basically, like, for the Samaras one, it was the first game I'd actually watched. Uh, with the CSC and you know I kind of heard about this Korean guy who spoke with a Scottish accent but I didn't really really believe it do you know what I mean I was like yeah I'm sure he kind of has a little bit of a kind of Scottish twang or something right so, so we went uh, to the Wolfhound which is where Thomas said he was going to be and uh, so I, I go in and there's about four or five of them sitting in the corner and uh, up walks this Korean kid who's got like He's got, he's got, his, his hair's taller than himself. Do you know what I mean? He's got these big glasses on. 
and he walks up, and I'm fully expecting him to speak in the really terrible broken English, and just in this pure Glaswegian accent, which is even stronger than mine is now, he basically tells me that the pub's not showing the game, and we've got to move. Um, and it's just the way he said it was just—it was literally like I was talking to my brother, but it's just like Korean kids standing in front of me talking at me. Um, so that was the first time I'd met him, and we left there and we went to a pub called Hollywood. Um, and it was at that point there was maybe seven of us, and um, that was when Samaras uh, scored the goal, scored the penalty. Uh, you know that we beat them two 0 um, I think it was the first time we'd won at Ibrox, and uh, I can't even remember like. The, a good few years anyway and uh, it was just like you know as I said earlier I'd been watching games in these internet cafes I'd been watching them at home on really bad streams you know and suddenly be around you know six, seven, eight other like-minded Celtic fans um, it, was just, it was just an amazing experience um, and I remember I still have an album on Facebook of like, all the photographs that we took that night and uh yeah, so the, for, for me, that's the most memorable, just from a point of view of finally finding, you know, somewhere I could watch it, you know, and a bunch of guys I could watch it with. Um, and I think the other one, as I said, was the Scottish Cup final. And at that time, we, we were in a pub called Scrooge, and um, they, the owner uh, was a Korean guy. He, he went by the name Ken, and he, he really kind of took us under his wing, and he, he kind of allowed us to have complete reign of the pub. I mean, like we would do congas around the pub and do huddles in the middle of the pub and all that stuff. It was, like, the, the guy was amazing. And we were watching that cup final and it, it was a late kickoff. Um, and I remember we were the only ones left in the pub and suddenly this old guy, this old grandfather came in because we had passed by the curfew time um, and because we were singing so loud, we had woken up or we were keeping awake the full neighbourhood next to where the pub was and um, in Korean culture like, if someone older tells you to do something you've got to do it you kind of you know that you must kind of follow that sort of idea of seniority is, is kind of really respectful yeah. but Ken basically threw him out the pub and chased him down the stairs because he was like interrupting the CSC and he came back up another twice and every time he came up Ken just started singing Celtic songs at him at the front door um, of the pub. And it was just like to see this guy, you know, really accept us as being, you know, yes, you know, this is, a, you know, they could call the police on us, that we have went past, you know, like midnight, that we should be quiet. But he didn't throw us out. He didn't tell us to be quiet. He just kind of kind of let us sing louder and louder. He joined in. And it was just like, again, it was that idea of, Kind of feeling that we we finally had somewhere that kind of really understood us and kind of really wanted us there as well. So that's my two most memorable matches. Like there's plenty of other victories and defeats, obviously, but I think those two I chose because one kind of from the the, the point that I mean that Samaras, they, those two goals against Rangers were just glorious, uh, and the cup final because a we won the Scottish Cup and b it was the first time that we kind of really felt welcome in that, or not just welcome, but part of that family in the pub. And how about you, pers- how about you personally? Uh, what was the any game you've seen live back in Scotland? What would be your most memorable you've seen in the flesh? Oh wow! Um, I was actually on uh, the History Boys podcast a few years ago, and I got asked that same question, and I I think it's got to be. Um, the game that will 
I guess that always sticks in my mind is the is Partizan Belgrade, um, the game where Jackie Jackanowski scored four goals and we still got knocked out of Europe. I think we beat them five four on the night and lost in away goals. Um, and I think that was just that was probably like the game that made me fall in love with Celtic. I've been supporting Celtic anyway. But I think that game was just, it was an incredible match. And nobody really knew what was happening. Like, I mean, that was just incredible. Even though we lost, it was just like the fans sang like, the whole way back to the buses. Like, it was, and it was just an amazing experience. So probably that is, for me personally, is one of my, is one of my best experiences. Um, another one would probably be uh, the, when Frank McIverney, um scored, scored the two goals that won as the Scottish Cup um, way back in the centenary season. They would be my two my two most memorable football games, I think. All right, and the last question to finish it off for you. In your lifetime, players that you've seen watching them on the TV or in person, who would be your top five or your Mount Rushmore of Celtic players? It's always a doozy because people always leave out some really, uh, some really good quality players. So over to you. Okay, I'm going to pick a man who's in Australia right now. I believe he's in Australia. Paul McStay, the maestro. Yeah, he's uh, up in Sydney. Greatest, one of the most amazing, yeah, the greatest midfielder I've ever watched. Uh, absolutely. The guy was far too good um, to, to be playing in, in in Scotland. He was just, the guy was amazing. Uh, I, I don't think any top five um, in the last like, 20 years can, can, can have can not have Henrik Larsson in it. Um, I think, uh, yeah, again, they're one of the, they're one of the, uh, the, the best strikers, the best players I've ever seen. Um, um, who else would I say? I had, I had a thing for Nakamura. Um, I think that guy was just a, a sublime talent. His free kicks. They, I, mean, I remember that, that hat-trick he scored against Dundee United where he scored left foot, right foot and a header, I think. Um, Perfect hat-trick. That was amazing. Yeah. So that would be three. You said five, right? Oh, wow. Well, five, you five. can go four if you want to do a Mount Rushmore, if you want to go five because it gives you an extra option five. to say someone, uh, go for it. Um, I, Again, like, if I think back to when I first uh, I first started following Celtic, when I, when I first started watching them live, let's say not following them, but live, uh, I think Packy Bonner, uh, I remember, like, like I told you about the Scottish Cup final when, when McIverney scored and they won 2-1, that, that goal that Kevin Garth scored was the first time I've seen a goal scored against Celtic in some like 15 straight games or something. Uh, so I'd have to say, to pick a goalkeeper, I'd, I'd need to pick uh, Paki Bonner. The guy, by the end of his career, not so much, but like he was just an exceptional goalkeeper at one point. Yeah, um, a patch of a few years there where he was just like hard to break down at all and then, yeah, unfortunately got old. Uh, and then the fifth one, um, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of amazing players, but again, I'm going to pick a midfielder. I'm going to say Paul Lambert. Um, I think probably like I, I remember watching Lambert and Lennon. Um, I, I remember Didi Aga as well, like being in a, like an amazing talent that had absolutely no clue what he was doing, and Lambert would run alongside him and kind of scream instructions at him. And I think Lambert was that when he came back from Dortmund, I think he was he he was. Yeah, another exceptional player. So I'm going to pick yeah, Lambert, McStay, Larson, uh, Paki Bonner, and who was the other one I said? <laughs> Nakamura. 
Nakamura, yeah. Yeah, that's my that's my five. That that would be there's plenty of other ones, but that's if I could pick uh five players to be in my kind of starting eleven that I've seen live, then they would definitely be five of them. Nah, it's good good squad there. Um, would could not argue with any of them. I don't think many people could, so uh, thanks for your time, Mark. Really appreciate it. It's been good learning about Celtic Supporters Club in Seoul. Got uh, social media for the CSC. So you've got on Facebook, there's a group Seoul Celtic Supporters Club, and on yep. Twitter, you've got at Seoul underscore CSC. So give them a follow. Um, do you just have a website at all, or is it just the just those two Facebook and Twitter? Yep. yep. If you ever, if anyone's ever in Seoul, um, yeah, I mean, drop us a line. Everyone's welcome. I mean, over the last few years, we've had guys from Hong Kong, Dubai, Shanghai, uh, like guys from, you know, obviously from Glasgow, like all over the place, they kind of dropping in. So yeah, we're our, our, if if we are watching the game, our, our door is always open for you guys. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. And Rob, Rob, mate, thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Have a good one.